Welcome to The Career Studio, a USU career services podcast that helps you navigate your career path. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I'm so excited to have Keely Beerwolf here with me today. Welcome, Keely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Keely earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from Weber State University in 2011. Keely currently works as a program coordinator for Volunteers of America, Utah's Amplified Mentoring Program. Previous to her current role, she has served in several other service-oriented roles, including program director, program manager, and community outreach representative for the Christmas Box International, a nonprofit based in Salt Lake City. She also worked for Primary Children's Hospital as a critical care technician. So Keely, as a fun fact, you mentioned that you currently are in USU's social work program, earning your master's degree. So a master's degree is a huge, (laughs) huge undertaking. So I'm curious to learn about what led you to that decision of going back to school. Yeah, it is a huge undertaking, but I'm loving it. It is awesome. I have known for a while that I wanted to go back and get my master's and knew also that I love the field that I'm in. And so knowing that I love where I'm at, but being able to have more opportunity to do different things. I knew it was time to go back to school. So yeah, I'm in the graduate program through Utah State and it's been awesome. It's been wonderful. So it'll be good because it really just opens the doors as far as like possibilities of what you want to do. There's lots of lots of different options. So it's great. Absolutely. Well, we'll keep digging and we'll talk more about this in just a second. But for the month of December, we are really focusing in on how volunteering can really help us grow both on a professional and and personal level. So you have a long, long list of working kind of in the nonprofit sector, particularly working with teens that are at some kind of risk, whether it be homelessness, adoption, maybe academic struggles. So how did you find yourself working with this really niche population, first of all? Sure. So like you said, I started working with the Christmas Box International Nonprofit and they worked with youth specifically that were in foster care and in state custody there. And so I was exposed to kind of that population of youth that were in foster care and they worked with all ages of children. So zero to 18. And then when I was there, I had the opportunity to start a program that was kind of given to them working with at-risk youth that were a little bit older. And so at the time it was 18 to 24 and they were youth that were facing homelessness. So when I started working with them and working with that program, I realized that they were awesome youth and they were wonderful to work with. And I just fell in love with working with teenagers and the wonderful opportunities that they bring and the knowledge that comes with them. Such a unique path and and such a cool story. I'm so excited to chat about this. You know, as I was kind of preparing some of the questions that I had for you, diversity is a really hot topic right now. You know, you hear it all the time in the news, you hear it in higher education all the time. But I'm really curious when you think about the hundreds of teens that you have interacted with, who are struggling with various things. What does the term diversity mean to you? and, And why is it important? Yeah, it is such a hot topic right now. And I think for good reason, I think it's a hot topic in all of the youth I've worked with. And if you look statistically at the youth who are most at risk, and if you look at youth that are facing homelessness or in the foster care system, or just have risky backgrounds that lead them to like poverty or potential substance abuse, unfortunately, those who are at most risk are those who are like the minorities in America. And so the majority of the youth I work with are minorities. And so I've been able to learn from them and learn culturally the different things that they have been able to go through. And 
I think it's that balance of recognizing like I'm a white cis woman and recognizing that I don't necessarily understand their perspective completely, but I can listen and learn. And I think that's the biggest piece and advice that's ever been given to me is learn from that diversity and try to understand from their perspective. And I know also like privilege is another hot topic word right now. And I think sometimes people think that it's just like this one simple thing privileges and it's not, it's a complicated thing and it's literally in every aspect in lots of different ways. And so I think diving into understanding both privilege and what diversity is kind of helps you understand other people's perspectives and also helps you understand what's going on today currently with all of the different civil rights movements and kind of like the rebirth of civil rights again. And unfortunately, it's not like new, right? It's been going on for a long time, but I think it's very prevalent and I'm, I'm glad that people are talking about it because it's a serious need. Healy, I love this idea of listening and learning from that. I, I just think that's such a key concept. And as I've tried to interact with people that are, are different backgrounds from my own, I think that has been the thing that has resonated the most with me is just stopping listening and trying to learn from somebody, regardless of what their background is, trying to learn from their perspective. So I really appreciate that insight. And I know that all of those teens and kids that you've worked with have probably really appreciated that perspective that you carry. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. All right. So moving forward, what have you learned about yourself as you've worked with struggling youth that you maybe wouldn't have learned otherwise without having some of these experiences? That is like a loaded question. I think. <laughs> um, I have always said multiple times, like in trainings or when I'm training new staff or I'm training volunteers, that is my favorite part of my job is learning from these youth. Because I think a lot of times when they come from these risk-filled backgrounds or just because of their age, people don't give them enough credit of the knowledge and even sometimes wisdom that they have. And so just giving them the opportunity to speak again and just learn from what they say. And I think one of the things I have learned, which I appreciate, is just appreciating like small things and the loyalty, right? And the youth I work with are crazy loyal, not just to me, but like to each other. And sometimes I think people see that as like a negative thing because sometimes they'll choose their friends over maybe what's best for them or like their family over what maybe would be in our eyes a better option. But I think that's an awesome strength that a lot of these youth have is just the loyalty and love that they just give. They just give it. And once you show them that loyalty back, like you're in, you're in for life, like they will have your back. And I think that's an awesome quality. I love that. Oh, love that so much. You know, so many times on the show, I say I'm getting goosebumps and this is one of those moments where I'm getting goosebumps. I just know that what you're sharing is really important. So I, I really appreciate you opening up and, and sharing these experiences. Okay. So my next question is, you know, looking at this realm of, of volunteer and service, I'm curious how you've found or you've shaped a meaningful career path. So often in career services, people come to us and, and say, I want to do something that matters, something that's meaningful. So how have you shaped this meaningful career path through kind of this volunteer service route? Yeah. 
So our program is solely based on, not solely based, but the main piece of our program is the volunteer piece. And I think what I, another piece that I love about my job is I get to work with those volunteers that are working with us and volunteering their time. And then also the youth on the other side and their perspective and working with the youth one-on-one. I'm always amazed and I just love how many people are willing to volunteer and willing to give their time and go in it full force because it's the mentors that work with us. It's not like just an easy one-stop volunteer opportunity. They're like diving into someone's life and they're with them in the long run for a long time. I'm just always so impressed by people just willing to give and they do and they keep showing up, which is amazing. <laughs> and I'm always like, but what if they don't want to like, what if no one comes? What if no one shows up? And they do and they keep coming, which I think just reminds me that especially right now, it reminds me that people are good, right? People, they want to be involved. They want to help. And I think really at the end of the day too, they want connection. And so I think what's awesome in my job is I get to watch connections happen. And people will say sometimes like, wow, your job must be so amazing. Like you do so amazing things. No, I don't do amazing things. I get to watch people that are just like strangers off the streets connect and change each other, which is so awesome. And I don't do that. I just watch it. I just facilitate. And then I sit back and watch and it makes my job awesome just because I purely get to watch connection, like human connection. They're not in it for anything else besides that than wanting to give. Like no one's getting paid. No one's getting like amazing things in return. And so it's just awesome. Just pure love for other humans, which is awesome. People are good. And that's such a refreshing thing to hear. I, I just feel like in this day and age, that's such a great thing to hear. And I, I couldn't agree more. Oh, very cool. Well, kind of as a transition, but also kind of connected to that same question. There's often this notion that people have a calling in life, that there is this perfect dream job. And I'm curious, you know, there's lots of different takes on on what that means. But do you believe that certain people have these certain career callings? And if so, how does one find one of those callings? I think that's a good and intriguing question. If I look back on my experience and where I was at, I was not planning on being here. If you would have asked me like 10, 15 years ago, if this was what my job would be, I'd be like, no, you're crazy. (laughs) Because I originally started my college path going into nursing and I worked at primary children's in their ER and I loved the medical field. I loved the atmosphere of the ER. I loved all of it. And so I thought for sure that's where I was going to be. And then I like did all my nursing prereqs. I was there and I was talking to one of my professors that was actually, I was minoring in women's studies. And so she was like a a dual professor. So she did psychology and women's studies. And I was talking to her and she was like, look, like you really like this stuff. Like you like the psychology, you like the sociology aspect of things. Have you ever thought of looking into that more? And she was the first person who actually like challenged my goal because I had had a goal since I was like 16. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing nursing. I'm going to do this. And I had it pretty laid out and no one had ever really challenged it. And she did. And so then I was like, well, maybe she's right. Like, I do like those things. I enjoy those classes. I'm good in those classes. I like nursing, but they're hard. (laughs) And so once she challenged that, I kind of looked at all of the pieces and I looked at like my job at primaries, even though I love it. I love primaries still. I did not 
love the schedule. I did not love working graves. I did not like the 12-hour shifts necessarily and holidays all the time. So anyway, long story longer, my whole path was completely derailed. And because of this professor, in a good way. And I think she kind of led me, she could see something that I was interested in and something I was good at. And she pointed it out to me and kind of led me to where I am and said, hey, like maybe once you're done, like, and this was in 2011, said, hey, when you're done, you need to go back to school and you need to do something. You need to go to grad school. And that was like the week I was graduating bachelor's. And I was like, I don't think so. I'm <laughs> done. And here I am <laughs> in grad school. But I think it comes back to also like once I was in, so I, then I was at Christmas box trying to just explore and figure out like what, what I wanted to do is this something I like is, and thankfully I landed in a position where it gave me that flexibility to kind of test things out. So then once I got into a position where I was working with teenagers and kind of exploring the different demographics of teenagers, I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is what I like. I know this is a demographic I like. And I think sometimes just people need to be open to that exploration piece because I know I wasn't at the beginning until someone was like, Hey, you don't have to do this, even though this was your like your 10 year plan. So just being able to explore and test and have and find those awesome mentors to guide you. Because I think that's another piece of this is trying to find those people who can help you know what you like, because you don't have to do it by yourself. And I think especially in the college realm, you have so much going on and so much on your plate. You need that support. And you need someone's outside perspective because sometimes it's hard to see when it's right in your face. Absolutely. Well, for one, I love this concept of mentoring. Mentors can play such a huge role. And like you say, sometimes it's just a short conversation that you have with a professor that sets something off in your head and you just can't stop thinking about it, or it might be a friend or whatever it may be. So I love this concept of mentors. And I also love this idea of just getting curious and prototyping. That's a word we love in our office, just trying things out. And I think that can be a really scary thing after graduating with a bachelor's degree. You know, it's common, you know, as a freshman, it's like, oh yeah, go try lots of things, figure out what you love. But by the time you graduate, there's so much pressure to find the job, find the thing. And so I love that you took that time to really explore and continue learning about yourself rather than just pigeonholing yourself to one specific career. (laughs) Totally. When I think there's like that actual application is totally different than what you're learning, right? There's the learning side is good and important, but also the application and doing it in real life. That's totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Well, I'm curious. So my next question kind of continues along this vein of finding success in a career. There's lots of ways that people measure career success, you know, whether it's the number of promotions that they receive over the course of their career, the number of raises, whatever it may be. But I would guess that those aren't the main driving factors for you working in the nonprofit realm. (laughs) So at the end of the day, how do you know that you have been successful in your job as you continue to work in the human services realm? Yeah. My husband likes to say that he has to work to support my nonprofit habit (laughs) because you're right. Like if you're in the nonprofit world, you're not getting paid the big bucks by any means. But I think there's a few different things in the nonprofit piece. You have a lot more flexibility than say like a for-profit because it's not necessarily the money that's driving the program or the cause. And so you do have that flexibility, which I love. But as far as like what I think 
success for my day looks like? I think it depends on the day. And I think when people imagine youth at risk and getting them out of risk or what success looks like, sometimes they think, oh, success is those kids getting into college and getting a job and like out of poverty, which is that successful? Sure. That's amazing. That's wonderful. But if it were that simple, we wouldn't be talking about it. And so I think a successful day for me is when I can feel that connection that I have with a youth or when I can feel that connection with my coworkers. And if we look at our program as a whole and we're like, hey, kids are still coming. Youth are still here. That is like a huge thing because none of the youth we work with are court ordered or required to do it. They are doing it because they want to be part of the program. And so I think when youth are reaching out to us, when they show up to our different activities, when they are at their house, when I say I'm coming, that is success. And I think if we see those like actual measurable successes from those kids along the way, that's awesome. That's wonderful. That's just like a cherry on the top. But I think more than anything is if they are still showing up every day and the mentors are still showing up every day, that is successful to me. Love that, Keely. Love this human aspect of success. Again, there's always a balance of money versus meaning, but I do think that you can find a good place in between and find those ways to feel like you're contributing and also that you are providing every every means that are necessary. So love, love, love those thoughts. Okay. Well, I have one question to kind of wrap things up for us today. And that question is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners about the importance of volunteering as it relates to career development? Yeah, I think for volunteering, it gives an opportunity to give that exploration piece like we were talking about before. It also gives you a different reward than say like money does. And the other piece that's awesome with volunteering is you get to look and choose and do it. And it's not like someone's like, hey, these are the things you have to do, like your job. Like if you have like a normal nine to five, it gives you an opportunity to give back in a way that you might not get to in your job, depending on where you're at and what kind of career you have. And so I think volunteering opens a lot of doors. And it's been interesting too, because some of those volunteers who've come and volunteered with me, I have been like, hey, you're you're good at this. You should look into this. And if you ever want a job, I would give you one. So I think that piece too, that a lot of times people don't necessarily expect and try to figure out like, oh, hey, I do like this. I am good at this and kind of go that route too. And then it opens more doors and it opens connections to the community that maybe you might not have otherwise. Love it. Well, Keely, I have so appreciated your insights today. Before we go, I did want to put in just a little plug for the program. I know that the program is always looking for awesome volunteer mentors. So I'd love to have you just briefly share how USU students and alumni and really just other community members can get involved and what the program looks like currently due to COVID-19. Totally. So the program is an amplified mentoring program, and I'm with the nonprofit Volunteers of America, Utah. We are located in Salt Lake County. So we work with youth all over Salt Lake County between the ages of 12 and 18. And so what the volunteering aspect is, is volunteers come to us and they are trained to be mentors with the youth we work with. And mentors work one-on-one with the youth. And they meet with them for one hour a week for at least nine months. And the goal is to take them out into the community, do fun things, 
We provide an activity once a month with all of the youth and mentors in our program. So some of those activities would be like bowling or this month we are going to be going to like a movie and all those different things. There's lots of different activities that are out there. And as far as like COVID is concerned, we had to adjust our program a little bit at the beginning. And so we have to, of course, like we're wearing masks, we're doing all of those different things with COVID. And then we kind of just follow the guidelines that are given by the state and the CDC to make sure we're making sure everyone is safe. We do have a little bit of like the virtual mentoring side. So if we're not able to meet in person, we've created a bunch of different virtual games and activities for mentors to do with youth. And so we're trying to be as flexible as we can and still serve the youth that we serve. So we're always looking for volunteers and we're always happy when volunteers come our way. Great. Well, I have to say on a personal note, I participated in this mentor program. And while I was far from being a perfect mentor, I know that I learned so much. (laughs) And I worked with Keely and and she's fabulous. So I just, I really want to promote it as much as I can, because I know that I learned a lot. I grew personally and professionally. So huge, huge round of applause for this program. For more information about becoming a mentor for Volunteers of America, you can visit the episode's bio for more information. Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of spreading good cheer by being a volunteer. Thank you.